Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast. I'm restaurateur Philip Camino. It's Wednesday, May the 19th. I'm drinking a smoothie in honor of a very important day today that we're celebrating. Um, the smoothie that I am currently drinking, which is unbelievable, was brought to me by my partner in crime and just in general, awesome person, Naisha Arrington, who's sitting next to me right now. I did bring you that smoothie. Thank you. I'm going to give Sun Life runs for their money. This is this is almost <laughs> a trillion dollar smoothie right here. I actually grew the vegetables that are in it. How fitting for today. I know. It's a very fitting. We're in a flow state. Yes. <laughs> We're in group flow right now. Big time. Things I hope you all, you all out there with us in this flow state. Yeah. Get in a flow. <laughs> um, should we pay some bills here? Yeah. Let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. So we're going to talk about some things today that relate to it being National Plant Your Own Vegetable Garden Day. We're going to talk about some stats on veggie intake, what sort of normal intake is, the price of produce during COVID, and also some tips and tricks for starting your own garden. 100%. Yeah. Happy Wednesday, people. And just, a, I don't know if we mentioned this, but uh, a lot of the ingredients in the smoothie came from your garden too, right? Or did they not? Some leafy greens in this smoothie are from the garden. Boom. So we're we're playing uh, we're playing what we're saying, we're doing it. Hundred percent. Plant a vegetable garden day. I'm so stoked about this subject. So I think a lot of us heard growing up, eat your vegetables, right? I know that my mom and dad told me that every single time I sat at the dinner table, and would make me eat all of my vegetables, even if I was crying tears. But <laughs> I I'm grateful for them doing that for me now. I know that we've all seen this sort of old school food pyramid that we all saw like on that box, that cereal box. I know I remember seeing it on that um, as a kid, but that old school food pyramid has been updated. In 2005, it was known as My Pyramid and then later was replaced by My Plate, which was in June of 2011. And this My Plate initiative, is it shows it's an actual plate, right? It's a visual of a, of a plate. And it's sort of broken down into uh, quarters, essentially, and um, dairy uh, outside of the plate. And it shows the five different food groups and how much you should actually eat of each uh, food group. Obviously, that's going to depend and, and differentiate based off of your age, your weight, genetics. But essentially, the USDA, their guidelines recommend that adults should eat a, roughly about two to three cups of vegetables per day. Vegetables in a lot of ways, also offer a variety of vitamins and minerals. They're low in fat, high in fiber. Um, if you have a plant-focused diet, it can lower blood pressure and the risk of heart disease and stroke. 
having enough veggies in your diet can also reduce your risk of eye and digestive problems and can even prevent some types of cancer. Vegetables are strong. They really are. They're my kind of my favorite thing. Oh my gosh, me too. I mean, vegetables feed the animals that we eat. So like we can totally cut the animal out. Maybe not every single time we eat, but I think we get enough nutrients from the vegetables themselves. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm starting to go a lot more plant-based than I was before. I still definitely eat animal proteins, call it one to three times a week. Yeah. But I'm very comfortable now eating just a a whole bunch of vegetables for a meal, like yeah. even for dinner. Like I'll sit down and have, as long as there, there's an array and it's colorful. Totally. And Interesting to eat. Uh, yeah. Totally. And you just know you when you eat it, you just feel, you feel full and you know you're getting a lot of fiber. You digest it a lot more easily. I like it for the last meal of the day. You know, if I'm going to eat some animal protein, I'd rather eat that for lunch. Totally. And then you have, you know, six, seven, eight hours before you go to sleep to kind of get that through totally. your system. But eating a really light dinner that's just vegetable heavy, I've gone to that over the past few months and it's, it's done wonders for me. So good. Unfortunately, the CDC has found that only one in 10 adults get the recommended amount of vegetables. They've also found that men, young adults, and those living in poverty areas have the lowest intake of vegetables. We've talked about it. Food deserts are real. Yes, they are. And there's no coincidence that job market access is lower in poverty-stricken areas because of food. It is a direct correlation of the food that is available to people in these areas. A lot of the choice or the lack thereof um, comes down to socioeconomic status. No doubt. If you're in a lower income area, the reality is you just have less access to great vegetables. We've talked about it on the pod before. We did an entire episode on it, and we'll do more episodes on it because it's very important to shed light on this very important issue. The thing that you mentioned, which I think is very important too, is that men in general just have a lower intake of vegetables. I do think there's a li- that that will change over time because I think there's more data and just more information in the market around you know the benefit of eating more plant based. So I think that's going to change over time, but it doesn't surprise me at all that. Uh, that men have a, a much lower intake of vegetables because until recently I didn't prioritize them at all. It's changed for me very recently, and I would consider myself kind of on the you know the leading edge a little bit. Or you know I try things probably before the general population does, and um, I think that's going to that's going to continue to happen, which I think is a really good thing. It's like guys, eat your veggies, but you don't get to get up from the table. <laughs> you're <laughs> totally, not, you're gonna have to stay there. Totally, <laughs> they're there for a reason. They'll make you strong. Yeah. Factors that contribute to low consumption of vegetables include income, limited excess, and definitely, definitely not knowing how to prepare or cook the product, you know, which is huge. For example, like if you're just opening a can and pouring a can of peas on a plate, like I am guarantee that kid or that man or whoever's at the dinner table is not like stoked on eating those peas. Right. If you're pulling those beautiful spring peas out of a garden that someone loved and nurtured and composted and there's earthworms and there's soil and there's vitality in that beautiful green vegetable, you're going to be so much more happy and it's going to resonate in your soul when you eat a beautiful, fresh vegetable. Right. So I think knowing how to cook it, knowing how to prepare it, it's very important. And starting at the beginning. You know, you've got to have the soil. You and I talked about this before we even got on the air today. The soil is where it all starts. 
So you had some really interesting um, thoughts and, and insight that I just didn't have um, in regards to just soil choice. And yeah. How you, how you have to have great soil in order for you to yield great vegetables out of it. And that's the thing. I mean, as a kid, I just was always fascinated with like the dirt, you know, and how that stuff worked. And like, you know, I sp- have spent a lot of time. I live in a four unit um, building in Santa Monica and my neighbor is a baker who lives next door to me. And we have a, a, a very beautiful, small garden together, but we both do what we can, you know, to stay sustainable. We, you know, turn all of our food trim, you know, our banana peels, our avocados, you know, seeds. I, you know, I have to- so many avocado plants growing um, <laughs> into compost. And essentially what that does is it create. you can see it, right? If you were to just grab dirt out of, you know, that hasn't been rectified, essentially. And then you look at soil that has earthworm poop in it, essentially. <laughs> There's not a nicer term to use. That's it. It's poop. Yeah. Nutrients. If you have nutrients, I'll say it's a more sexy word. You can see it, right? You can see it in the quality. It's darker. It's denser. It's just, it's more rich. It has more life and vitality to give to that root system, which then bears fruit, right? And then we ingest it. So I think when we talk about this energy transfer in food and we talk about soil health, you know, these are the things that nurture our souls and our bodies. And and it's nothing really to take lightly. And I think it's, I, I personally cannot stress enough the um, importance of eating fresh organic vegetables. Like when we're thinking about vegetables, it's not just canned food. It's not prepackaged food because we, you know, PC and I talked about on previous episodes, the vitality of what you're eating, that apple, the closer it is that it, you know, in the proximity that it came out of the ground to when it reaches your body, the more nutrient dense it's going to be, right? If it was pre-sliced, yep. packaged up, flown across our great nation, then, you know, you sent your kid off to school with it. It's probably not going to be as nutrient dense as if we went to the farmer's market or you grew it yourself. You know, it just is a reality. It's going to function differently when that hits your body. And you have gone through the trouble and work. And, and I mean, I think it's an amazing thing of actually setting up your own um, in, your, in your complex. So if someone out there were to say, okay, I want to do this, whether I live in an apartment building or I have a backyard, what is the first thing that they should be thinking about from a, a, just a starting point? My mind is moving a million miles an hour. Right? There, <laughs> there are so many facets and it's so exciting to me. I can tell. I mean, I've gone through the data, you know, there's been successes and there's been areas of opportunity for me to learn. You know, if there's just an amateur starting growing person out there that like wants to start a a vegetable garden you should definitely sort of like start with pots i think pots are really easy you know just get like one or two pots Mm -hmm. and then research this is important research what season is coming up i'll use this example like if i want tomatoes in the summer i need to start thinking about it three months prior right in spring at the top of spring yep and then by the time july comes around june you're like, you know, my tomatoes right now are popping because I planted them in January, Mm -hmm. right? So I have probably seven different varieties of tomatoes growing right now. I think it's important to start small. What is really cool, actually, is you can also re-propagate your own plants. Like celery does really well at this. Like Mm. if you have a celery bunch and you just trim off the bottom a little bit and put it in a little inch of water, you can grow new celery on your window seal. I've, we saw a lot of that in the po- in, during the pandemic. Oh. 
You can regrow scallions, like anything that really has a root system. Ginger does really well regrowing itself. You know, I mentioned avocado seeds. Like just even if you want to start out that way in taking produce that you already buy or have in your fridge, tomato seeds, you can literally just crush up a regular tomato and put the seeds in the dirt and it will grow a tomato plant. Of course, you have to nurture the soil and make sure that tomato has something to eat. But that's how you grow a tomato plant. So location, if you have a backyard, for example, finding a a place in that backyard that has direct sunlight, how many hours a day do you think that space would need sunlight to to get started just as you're choosing a location within your backyard? Yeah, that's an important question. Um, And this is how we've mapped this out. Because, you know, I have to say, during the pandemic, this is really, really where I leaned into this. And a lot of I just didn't come out of the gate like knowing all the things, right? Like some of my plants died and I was like, oh, I need to what if I move this over here? So this was a very fascinating thing. I planted this bed of onions, right? And a raised bed. And the way the sun rises and the way the moon follows is how the onions grew. So they grew in in the bed. It grew in almost almost this S-like shape. Oh, that's interesting. It was so fascinating and it changed how I planted everything. Hmm. And then what I did was I took butcher's twine and then I got these skewers and I tied I tied within the bed where the onions grew based off of the sun pattern. Oh. And then I planted other vegetables in that same bed outside of those lines. I hope this is interesting for people. Very interesting. It's fascinating to to me and I think everyone out there. I think you need a minimum, ideally, of six hours of sun. That's going to yield, you know, give the plants the nutrients that they need. And you can work around it. You know, if you don't have as much sun, you you can plant a lettuces. Lettuces do pretty good. Micro greens do pretty good in shaded areas as well. So six hours a day of sun would be ideal for most vegetables. If you can't get six hours, there are some, there are some alternatives. Totally. Uh, what about soil? What's a starting point for someone with soil? Is that something that you're just going to go down to the local nursery and get? Is there a type of brand or, or is it compost? Like Break that down because that's obviously the other hugely important component of starting your own garden. Yeah. So, I mean, my neighbor and I had a big ass truck back in and dump a shit ton of soil on the street and we literally shoved it and wheelbarrowed it into our place. That's fun. <laughs> it was a scene and <laughs> all the neighbors came in and helped. It was beautiful. Oh. Yeah. And then my <laughs> then I found out my neighbor has an amazing what they're calling micro gardens in his place. And so now he's my homie and we talk about soil health and vegetables and stuff all the time. He's vegan. I would say if you're just starting out totally run down to Animal or your like local, you know, garden store and pick up organic, very important, organic soil, you know, specialized for fruits and vegetables, right? That's a good starting point. If you want to sort of rectify the soil that is existing on your property, compost is going to be the easiest, quickest way to make that soil nutrient dense and the cheapest way because you already are creating all of that byproduct already. You're eating a banana. Where's that banana going? Is it going in the trash or is it going into your compost bin to feed yourself, right? Or your kids. That's such a beautiful cycle of life. Um, coffee grounds. I use coffee grounds as insect repellent. You know, that's what that provides the soil. So if you are composting and you have access to composted materials, 
do you mix that with soil or is it is there a specific percentage blend that you would put soil from call anawalt into the garden with the compost yeah as? yeah we do a mixture based off of what we're growing what time of the year when we need to re-nurture that soil and we also will introduce earthworms there's a lot of worms what happens is they eat all the food and things and then they create the density the nutrients in the soil Right. It's what really enriches it. Okay. And then there's like a system where it kind of sifts out and then you just take that organic, so organic matter and yes. add that to the soil. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many things I want to say. Right now. Well, well, the main things I think to, on this first one, because we can revisit this over and over again. And I think we will, as we start to talk more about restaurants like EMP going plant-based and this, you know, how we fight against food deserts and how this sort of becomes a will and should become more of a process for people. There was a, a number of stories this week in the LA Times uh, talking about how in certain neighborhoods that were that are and were previously food deserts, where people are taking matters into their own hands and starting to plant their own gardens. So Micro I think, gardens. yeah, it's it's wonderful and wonderful. gorgeous. And this information, I think, for a lot of people in, in urban areas uh, will be very useful. It's difficult, right? It's time consuming. I think what helps is these ideas of um, vertical gardens as well. Mm. It's an amazing way to integrate gardening into your lifestyle naturally without having a lot of property, right? So the real estate, you're actually building up as opposed to vice versa, square footage on the ground. So that's that's a great way to introduce fresh vegetables, right? And, and minimizing that carbon footprint. That's sort of accessible. So talk to me about the all-important watering of these crops as they start to germinate, as you start to plant, and you've got your, let's just say you've got your backyard set up, you've got the soil in there, you've got seedlings, you're starting. Watering seems to be something that is, there's annoying, a lot of, que- <laughs> but there's also a lot of question marks, I think, from the amateur farmers out there yeah. around how much to water, what's the right amount, yeah. given sun exposure, all those oh, things. Oh, absolutely. Watering at night, I think is important, right? It's almost like akin to, it is not almost, it actually is like our circadian rhythm, right? As humans. Oh, interesting. At night, when the plants kind of are getting sleepy. They have what they need. They have their little soil bed. They're like ready to go to sleep. They have their water. And in the morning when the sun comes out, they wake up and they bloom. What you do not want to do for sure is water your plants when the sun is out because they actually almost burn the plants. Mm. And it's not good to water when the sun is out. You need to water early, early, early in the morning or at night. Interesting. Not And not even watering the soil. No, no, no part of no water goes in there. No, because the the soil should be already damp, and in the root system for the plant to drink it. And what's your preferred vessel for? for oh my water? god, I have so many. <laughs> so some plants like the potatoes uh, have these like Japanese sweet potatoes. What I do actually is if I have like you know a plastic water bottle, for example, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to throw this away or put it back into the earth and contribute to all the plastic that's out there what i do is i fill the water bottle well first i drill a hole in it and then i fill the water bottle and i just put little water bottles so that i don't have to like water as often with those plants because they're underground the potatoes and and root vegetables 
can be watered like that and it's just going to like drip a little bit into the soil. Mm-hmm. I have a watering tin and I like water some delicate things that need just a little bit of water. I just have like so like jibby rigged for this whole <laughs> operation. Yes. I also have a um probably I think it's like a three gallon water container that has a spout. I used to like go get my like alkaline water in it. And so now that is um sits next to like my parsley bed and I can just like flip the little spout or whatever. And then it just I just leave it on and it waters that. I have a few different systems of watering. So we're all busy and you've got, you live in an urban area, you're planting garden either in your backyard or at your apartment complex in your case. How do you, how do people remember how to water? Is there an app for that? Is it a traditional calendar reminder? Like how do you remind yourself or keep it on a schedule? Because obviously it's something that's got to be attended to every day. It seems like that could be something that maybe got forgot about or missed. How do you circumvent that? Yeah, absolutely. I have to be honest. I'm a Google Calendar girl. I, I this is just I'm just, you're learning a lot about Naisha today. <laughs> like I live by my calendar. There's a lot to know. It's good. If I don't put even water myself, like I put reminders to drink water in my phone. It's important, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And it helps like output overall output. So generally, like what I'll do is just like put a reminder in my phone. But I also have like a wall of black chalk paint in my oh, cool. living room. So one of my walls is all chalk. You, you can write on the wall. And it just helps me just like write down notes. And it's like, you know, there's like little art pieces and things. Anyway, so I'll write it, write a note on there um, as well. So it's a white wall, but it's black. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a chalk, it's a chalk wall. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think we're going to have to revisit this subject because there's a lot more to, a lot more to explore. But we got, if I had to summarize uh, the key points for people, you need to find a location within your geography where you can get in and around six hours of Definitely. sun per day Definitely. for the vegetables. Soil is sort of that second component as you start to sort of lay it down. And you can, according to, to your um, insight, um, you can get it from a local garden or totally. lo- a local nursery or even an anawalt, something like that. Totally. Um, you can have it delivered or you can just go pick it up. But you do eventually want to try and fortify that soil with um, some type of compost, if possible. Totally. Right? And then once you have seeds, and that's not, not something we didn't really talk about, but I, you know, I think it's this episode's <laughs> going to run fairly long if we get into every component. Maybe we come back to the seeds and like the yes. best place to to utilize that. But w- when we get to watering, once you've got to that point, watering at night is important, and then choosing your vessel wisely is important. Yes. All I'm thinking about is seed germination now. <laughs> Yes. Like, we're going to have to put that one in the Google calendar totally. for an episode totally. very soon. Yeah. Right. We won't wait till next year's Plant Your Own Vegetable Garden Day. No. no. We got to get these people planting for fall for, so they can say on their Thanksgiving table, I grew this acorn squash. So lovely. So th- th- that would be my last question from the moment that you conceive of this and say, okay, I am going to start planting X in my backyard. What's the timeline that someone can start to see progress and then obviously the yield coming up like i'm sure it depends on the vegetable of course yeah i think that it's important because we all want to see like we're results driven people right you want to see like the fruits of your effort bear fruit right so (laughs) you want to see that that happen so vegetable or bear vegetable absolutely what i like to do is i do a pretty healthy mix of like Herbs, right? Herbs don't take any time at all to grow. Weeks, you'll start to see them. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes, you'll start to see in a few months. 
fruit trees, that's going to be your longest investment. Okay. Uh, fruit tree. I mean, my grandmother had a Meyer lemon tree in her backyard and I can picture it today. Like I'm staring at it. It's so aromatic and beautiful, but that's going to be a 10 to 15 year investment of time and love and energy into that to bear fruit for sure. Interesting. Unless you buy a house that has a Meyer lemon tree in the backyard. Oh my gosh. I hope so. (laughs) Goals for sure. Well, that was really insightful. Nye, thank you so much for sharing all that information about your own vegetable garden here on Plant Your Own Vegetable Garden Day. So fitting. Yes. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about it all day. Well, we will. We'll do another one of these. And I would love for you to share photos and progress of your garden just so people can see what it takes. Yeah. There's so many fun components here, and I'm so glad you were able to share your insight. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. And that's all for your bite-sized news segment on this lovely Plant Your Own Vegetable Garden Day. We look forward to seeing your smoothie photos. We look forward to seeing your gardening projects. And we definitely look forward to you following along with our journey on the Happy Mouth Podcast. You can find us at happymouthpodcast.com and also on Instagram at Happy Mouth Podcast. Thank you so much and have a nice day.